This podcast was made by SmoothJazzandMore.com for the express purpose of entertaining our audience. Any broadcast, retransmission, or any other views of this podcast without the express written consent of Smooth Jazz and More is strictly prohibited. Copyright 2009, SmoothJazzandMore.com. All rights reserved. We are talking with Frank Malfitano, the creator of the Syracuse Jazz Fest, and I appreciate you getting back to me to talk about the Jazz Fest this year. Well, it's easy to do, Mike. You know, I, I've always been a huge fan of smooth jazz, and I'm, I'm, uh, I welcome this opportunity to talk to your listeners. Great. How many years has this Jazz Fest been going on since you started? Well, we're in our 27th year outdoors and uh, 28th year overall. We spent about a year doing indoor festivals and then uh, finally went outdoors in uh, 1982. So this, this represents our 27th consecutive year outdoors. Great. How did it start and where did it first start? Well, I used to go to jazz festivals at Newport, uh, Ann Arbor, just outside of Detroit, and and I and I love going to jazz festivals and music festivals, and uh, I I really got tired of going elsewhere to do that. So I said, you know, gee, there's no reason we can't do this in my hometown, and Syracuse is my hometown, and. Um, uh, but I didn't really have a plan, and I just kind of happened to fell into it. Um, I was always a fan of the local music scene and a bunch of local musicians. I used to go out and see their bands all the time. And they wanted to do um, a big indoor jazz festival, and they knew I loved the music, and I had a marketing background and a media background. And they asked me if I'd get involved, and the rest is history. We did a bunch of indoor festivals at a nightclub. And uh, they were all sold out and packed to capacity. And then we moved the festival outdoors and went to Song Mountain Ski Resort. And we did one festival there back in the early 80s. Great. And now it's it used to be in downtown Syracuse, of course. Well, we were, after Song Mountain Ski Resort, we moved to an established concert venue um, at Long Branch Park, uh, just north of the city in a little village called Liverpool on Onondaga Lake. And uh, we were there for about eight years, and then we moved the festival downtown and made it a free event. In 1991, we moved it to Clinton Square in downtown Syracuse, which had really only been used as a Christmas tree lighting, uh, for a Christmas tree lighting ceremony annually prior to our coming there and pioneering the reuse and redevelopment of the square as a festival site. So we launched Clinton Square in downtown Syracuse as a festival site in the early 90s, and uh, we became the model for a lot of other festivals that followed. And then we left the square in 2001 and moved up to our current home at Onondaga Community College, and we've been there on the campus for the last nine years. Now, obviously, Onondaga County Community College is very uh, a large area where people can uh, enjoy. And how many uh, events take place at the festival? Well, we have we have we have 20 performances this year, and uh, we have eight national acts that are coming in. Spyro Gyra and Kenny G are headlining on Friday and uh, Saturday, respectively, and uh, we've got uh, six other national acts uh, that precede them, uh, starting at around 5 p.m. daily. And uh, we've also got 12 scholastic jazz ensembles from the uh, from the area high schools. Uh, that are performing at Jazz Fest on their own stage. And then we have six master classes where the national artists, international touring artists, and recording artists come in and work with local student musicians. So we've got a full-scale educational program, two stages, and 20 acts, and six master classes. 
Excellent. Now, obviously, with all that happening, uh, there was a concern back in March that the festival was $80,000 short of the goal. I assume that the goal has been reached? We did manage to raise the money. We got very lucky. We had a good friend in Albany, Senator Dave Valesky, who's been supporting the event for the last several years, who, uh, who managed to raise 50000 in state funding. Uh, for this year's festival. And the county really came through in a big way and contributed the bulk of the funding. But we really struggled with local foundations this year as a result of the economy. Uh, we really didn't get the support out of local corporations or local foundations. Um, you know, we went to, for the last couple of years, we've been going to major stakeholders. Uh, it's not like we saw that the economy was turning for the worse, but um, we knew that it was getting tougher to raise money, and we weren't sure why, and now we know why. But um, So most of our funding now is, is where it used to be 50% from the public sector and 50% from the private sector, from corporations. It's now more like 25% from the public from the private sector and 75% from the public sector. So if it wasn't for county and state funding, we wouldn't have a festival this year. We came that close to cancellation and we definitely came close to canceling our entire uh, educational program, which is one of our two major core programs. So that would have been a tragedy had that happened, but fortunately, we were able to avoid that scenario. Is it beneficial for a free concert to take place as opposed to say a uh, uh, a concert festival that goes out and uh, says to patrons they have to purchase tickets. Is that? Is I think it, there are a lot of advantages to having a free, if I understand the question correctly, Mike, I think there are a lot of advantages to a free admission festival. For us, it's part of our draw. It's a big part of our draw. If you look at the festivals in Montreal, Canada, um, in Toronto, in Ottawa, in Quebec, in New York City, in Saratoga, in Rochester, all the festivals around us are paid admission festivals. So we're the only free admission festival. So that, that, you know, that accounts for a lot of the reason people come to our festival from all over the country and all over the Northeast in Canada. And we probably get 60,000 people a year who come to this, um, you know, around 25,000, 30,000 people per day. And uh, the year Aretha Franklin headlined our 25th anniversary a couple of years ago in 2007, we had 80,000 people. But we were a three-day festival back then. So, um, you know, we, we get a substantial audience, and I think a lot of that has to do with, its, with the fact that it's free. Um, you know, most working-class families and middle-class families and lower-income families don't have a shot at seeing world-class entertainment for free. So, you know, there's a tremendous advantage to being able to go that route. The disadvantage is that in order for it to be free, you have to raise all of the money from someplace other than ticket sales, and you have to raise it from sponsorships. And when the sponsorship dollars aren't there, it's a problem. But it's a problem facing lots of festivals, not just us. I mean, the national music uh, festival industry is in crisis right now. The Newport Jazz Festival just canceled. The Newport Folk Festival just canceled. The JVC New York Jazz Festival canceled. So, you know, we're seeing festivals that have been around... 40, 50 years and longer in some cases going under. So that's not a good sign. Now, do you anticipate this festival continuing next year, or how is that going to play out? Well, it's a really good question and one we can't answer right now. I'd say that it's probably 50-50 at this point. Um, and that's kind of scary for us and kind of disappointing for us because it's a, it's a festival that lots of folks enjoy, lots of folks look forward to. 
Uh, a lot of folks have fallen in love and gotten married as a result of meeting at Jazz Fest. People come here for their family reunions. It's become culturally and socially and maybe even politically and racially a very, very important festival in terms of bringing people together in a diverse way. Um, it's a great crowd, a great vibe. You know, we've never had an incident in 28 years, not, not as much as a turned ankle. I mean, this is a mellow crowd that really comes for the music. And uh, the, the I know the artists love playing it. I mean, you know, Kenny G asked me if he could play it this year, and, um, and Aretha Franklin's come to play it, and Ray Charles, and... You know, some of the greatest artists in the history of our music want to play this event, and, and they look forward to playing this event, and the fans look forward to it. So it's done a lot for our community. It's done a lot for the music and for the people who make the music, and it would be a shame if it went away. But, you know, if the funding's not there, it's going to go away. I mean, the only option would be to charge admission, and it's very difficult to go from a free admission festival to a paid admission festival. You can go from a paid admission ticketed festival to a free admission festival quite easily, but when you start trying to charge for something that's been free for so many years, um, you know, the support for that is questionable. And I, I really think this could be the last waltz, as much as I hate saying that. If I'm reading the tea leaves correctly, the economy's not going to improve overnight, and we're going to be facing similar challenges, perhaps worse, next year. And this is the toughest year I've ever seen it, Mike, in 28 years. Worst year ever for fundraising. Awful. Just awful. It's, it's, very, it's a very tough uh, time in the, in the economic uh, situation as far as everything but uh well that's also a convenient excuse and convenient cloud cover for a lot of people for a lot of people it's legitimate they're downsizing they're closing up plants uh they're reducing the number of employees they're going out of business they don't have the money to contribute but some folks do have the money to contribute and they're saying oh we'd like to help but it's the economy we really can't what they're really saying is we're afraid we're going to be criticized if we do help because this is not the year we should be throwing a party when we're reducing the number of employees at our, at our place of employment. So they're worried about the negative public relations consequences. They're still throwing parties. They're just being quieter about it. Mm -hmm. Well, the end this uh, interview on a high note. This is the 27th year. It's going to happen, and you must be relieved. You know, relieved is a great word. It's been a tough year. It's been a struggle. The birthing pains on this one, it's a little bit like giving birth to a cactus. So it's, it's, it has not been the easiest of years, but I'm looking at this now, and we're, we're less than a month away from the festival, and the buzz is really starting to accumulate and build, and people are getting really excited about it, and I'm getting really excited about it. I mean, I don't mean for any of this economic discussion to be a buzz killer. We, we've got a great lineup here, you know, with Spira Gyra and Kenny G and the Randy Brecker, Bill Evans, Soul Bop Band and the John Tropea Band, who was the original guitarist for Spira Gyra. We're doing a, a, a night-long musical tribute to Hiram Bullock, uh, the late Hiram Bullock, the great jazz guitarist, the great friend of this festival, and all of the musicians on Friday night are going to be on stage jamming at the end. Um, you know, we've got the David Garfield Band, Andy Norell, and the and the uh, a steel pan band out of Michigan called the Steelheads. I mean, we've got a, just a great lineup. Um, it's a great free event. Um, the OCC campus is a great site. Um, it's, it's really panoramic, lots of room to spread out. Uh, our production people do a great job. We've got a great food court. We've got a free fireworks display. 
on Saturday night after Kenny G, courtesy of Price Chopper Supermarkets. We've got um, a food court that includes the number one uh, barbecue establishment in America. Just voted that last week's uh, Dinosaur Barbecue. So we got great food and fireworks and great music and a lot of fun and a great vibe and a lot of great musicians who are coming here to entertain the fans. So that's all good news, and we're looking at maybe one of the best festivals ever. Hopefully it won't be our last, but it's sure going to be a great one. All right. Thank you very much, Frank Valpatano, creator of the Syracuse Jazz Festival. It's going to be at Onondaga County Community College June 26th to the 27th. If you can be there in Syracuse, get there. If you want more information, go to their website at SyracuseJazzFest.com. Thank you very much. You know, thank you, Mike. I, I'm looking forward to seeing you at Jazz Fest this year and seeing everybody else, and I hope lots of folks come on down and check it out. I'm sure they're going to have a great time if they do, and I really appreciate this opportunity to talk about the festival. Interviews produced here at Smooth Jazz and More develop with Skype, voice over Internet protocol free video calls, and instant messaging over the Internet. Plus, get great value on calls to phones anywhere in the world. No spyware or adware involved. Go to Skype.com and download the free software to get started today. This podcast was made by SmoothJazzAndMore.com for the express purpose of entertaining our audience. Any broadcast, retransmission, or any other use of this podcast without the express written consent of Smooth Jazz and More is strictly prohibited. Copyright 2009, SmoothJazzAndMore.com. All rights reserved.